Warning, this podcast contains foul language, sexual situations, and discussions of drugs and drinking. Yeah. Welcome Welcome to to Fuck Shakespeare. Shakespeare, a podcast for the Shakespeareanly challenged. And anyone who really enjoys some saucy dick jokes. Teachers, we might insult you a little bit, sorry. Okay, everybody, enjoy! Hey, I'm Erin. And I'm Diana. And this is episode 14. 14. What did you name it? Oh, God. The fucking fugue. (laughs) 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 I forgot to come up with something, but a fugue, oh, it's like a piece of music where lots of pieces are layered in together, right? So we're going to do two scenes today, and there are two scenes that happen at the same time in the timeline. So it's cool sometimes to layer them. That's what I did in my last production of this play, to actually layer them in. Mm -hmm. It's Juliet plus the nurse, and then Romeo plus the friar both figuring out what the fuck they're going to do with their lives now, right? (laughs) Now that everything has hit the fan. Yeah. Yeah. So they're married, and they're supposed to have a happy wedding night, although their parents still don't know they're married. Right, so it would be a secret happy wedding night. (laughs) Yeah. And when we first meet Juliet in this scene, she's thinking about that, right? Yeah. Like, what the fuck has she been told about sex? Nada. Well, except for what the nurse rambles on about, but that doesn't even really make sense to her. It won't make her. sense to her, right. It's just raunchy one-offs that, like, have nothing to do with nothing. So she has no idea. Yeah. Falls thou upon thy face, Jewel. Thou will fall backwards, right? Like, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's as much as she knows. I would be lying down and someone's on top of me. That's, yeah. Good old missionary position. <laughs> yeah. No Kama Sutra there. Nope. So she's trying to imagine it, right? And it's, again, one of those thresholds in life that before you cross it, no amount of explaining can make you understand. Right. Right? hmm So after you've had sex for the first time, then you can go, oh, fall is <laughs> back. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, you can have sex with yourself before that. I was just thinking that the difference between this time period that we're in now and Romeo and Juliet's time period, you know, we in our current media environment are exposed to sexuality in a much different way than someone like Juliet would have been. And so, you know, it may not be it is a big deal. I'm not going to say it's not a big deal. It changes everything. But in our current understanding it may not be as um, ground-shaking as it was for Juliet. Because we have an idea. I mean, kids in this day and age have an idea. Definitely. Because they've been exposed to things that she never would have been. Right. And there might have been some kind of talk for her. But if you see, like, period dramas and period movies, you'll see that the mom or whoever sits the girl down on the night before she gets married to tell her about sex. Yeah, but also... So, but also, well, Lady Capula doesn't know that this is the night before she gets married, right? Right, right. So Lady Cap has no idea that Juliet's been married, so she hasn't had time to give her the talk anyway, but the talk was never very informative no, either. It, it, was it would all, be something about flowers and bees right. and stuff. Right, so it was, <laughs> it was all euphemisms. Yeah. 
And that poor girl would be lying there, you know, like half groped and going, where's the flowers? Right. You know? <laughs> did you did you guys see the, the uh, television show The Great? Right. Yeah. So because when, right. Mar- when Marielle first, yeah. <laughs> asked her, do you know what's about to happen? And like, she goes, oh, look, is poetic about how know. beautiful it's going to be. And, and we're going to be in love and it's going to be great. <laughs> and I'm going to see stars and and, you know, and then we'll cuddle and we'll talk of things. Right. Bullshit. <laughs> and her mother never told her actually, you know, well, this, you know, tab A goes in slot B. Like no, there was no talk no, of that. No, no pieces came uh, into play there right. at all. That's where we see her because she's the only one that still doesn't know what's going on outside her palace. Right. Right? The whole street, all everybody in the streets is running and screaming about Tybalt killed Mercutio, Romeo killed Tybalt. They're all screaming about it. Yep. And she's locked up in her little house and has no idea until the nurse comes in to tell her. She's going to learn a hard lesson in this scene about who is important to her. <laughs> Oh, that's a hard one, too, right? Lover versus family. Yeah. Always hard, no matter what. Yeah, and unfortunately, we still have things like that, right? You know, like if your wife doesn't get along with your mother-in-law, what do you do? Who are you going to side with and choose? Yep. Those are very hard things. Super hard. Um, So you'll see that there is a string of unbelievable antitheses. Remember that technique that we talked about comparing opposite words to highlight a concept? Yep. Um, She has a string of them. Giant. Uh, The play is fucking full of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because this play is about those kind of extremes. Yep. And then we have Romeo dealing with the thought of when the friar brings in the news for him. Um, hey, good news, dude. You're not you know, going to get killed. Yeah, but instead you get to get sent away. <laughs> Banished. Banished. Yeah, and he's going to explore that word in all of its forms. Banished. 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 Yeah. Right? Yep. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about scanning when we get to those, right? Yeah. We'll maybe scan them out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'll make a difference as to how you say it when you read it. Also, paper. Yeah, this whole speech, Banished, is an unbelievable paper because, you know, it would really uh, let you explore what that would mean to somebody and also how the word being stretched out or not changes how the actor feels about it or the character feels about it. Right. And we talked a little bit in an earlier episode about why does this character say exactly what they're saying at this exact moment. So playing with that word in your mouth and trying to take the time to imagine what it means to be separated from the one person who makes you feel alive. Yeah, and also the 20 people that you know. Right. (laughs) Right? To be sent away to someplace completely different. Where you know no one. Where you know absolutely no one except, you know, maybe your uncle's best friend's butcher. Right. You know, no, no texts, no no. phone calls, no, you know, maybe letters if you're lucky, if they aren't intercepted and burned or waylaid, delayed for something. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking if the prince says you're banished, maybe your letters aren't allowed either. Exactly. Right. And then you'll see how the adults in this world handle all of this drama. Right. The nurse and the friar who are privy to their wedding. They know the whole thing. And how they counsel these poor kids. <laughs> Boy. You know how parents are. And maybe uncles and aunts, too, or, you know, teachers. 
adults Ugh. who tell you to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't know what the stakes really are, at least from your point of view. Right. 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 They only know what they are from, you know, their way off perspective. Like, I was a teenager once. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can tell you this. Well, in my day. Yeah. Oi. Yeah. <laughs> so, long story short, we will not get to their wedding night and all that fun stuff until the next episode because they were delayed as well. So, Juliet. Okay. Where are you? You're in your room and you're waiting for news. Your love, love. Yes, I'm waiting. He's supposed to come climb a rope ladder up to your balcony and sneak in. He's got to go oof over that wall again, doesn't he? He does. He does. (laughs) But the nurse hung out a a rope ladder for him, so like at least he he has to throw himself over the wall, but he doesn't have to scale the. (laughs) Yeah, and he won't be hammered this time, right? He won't be hammered. This (laughs) we can only hope, right? We don't know. Um, All right. Gallop apace, you fiery-footed steeds, toward Phoebus's lodging. Such a wagoner as Phaeton would whip you to the west and bring in cloudy night immediately. Good. So who's that? Who's Phaeton? Phaeton is, um, Apollo. <laughs> and so she's saying, come on, night. Yeah. I want to... Move, move, you dang son. I gotta have my wedding night. The sun was supposed to have been, in mythology, a chariot that was driven Wrong. by Apollo across the sky. Right. So, so she's, she's like, speed it up, man. Yeah. Head to the west. Let the night come on. Let go, let go. Okay. Uh, spread thy close curtain, love performing night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love performing night. Yes. Um, that runaway's eyes may wink and Romeo leap to these arms untalked of and unseen. Yeah, so runaway's eyes may wink. It's like that runaway's, runaway's eyes, eyes may, may wink. wink. That's close, right? Right. So, so, so that people don't see him and they don't talk of him, right? So he gets to come to my room for our wedding night without being spotted, or, yeah, yeah, or secret, talked of. Secret, secret. Yep. Yeah. Lovers can see to do their amorous rites by their own beauties. So amorous rites, what are rites, R-I-T-E-S? Well, so religious rites are, you know, are things that are done. Ritual. Ritual, right. right. So this is like amorous rites seals a marriage. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's, you know, you can still get divorced if you don't consummate the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, And lovers can see to buy their own beauties. So lovers, naked, young people were said to be luminous. Right. Right. It's like they glow in and of themselves. So they don't need lanterns and they don't need candles. They will light each other. That's beautiful. So beautiful. Lily, I love that. Um, Or if love be blind. Remember, we talked about Cupid shooting arrows sort of wildly without being able to see where he's shooting them so it's not like he plans it yeah he just kind of goes twang there we go (laughs) and you get it (laughs) um or if love be blind it best agrees with night come civil night thou sober suited matron all in black what's a matron oh a married woman yeah so here's poor juliet She's imagining the night as different things, right? But one of those things is an older woman who's sober, who perhaps could tell her what is about to happen. Right, because no one has. Because no one has, right? Nobody knows she's been married, so nobody's told her. Nobody's going to tell her. So she's asking 
or the blessing of the night, right? Yep. And the night to give her wisdom or at least give her some kind of instinct. So she does, she's probably nervous about doing it right. Right. Well, right? aren't we all before we do it the first time? Yeah. I mean, and if you're and if you were Lady Cap and married to some dude who's 25 years older than you, maybe you're not. Maybe you're more interested in self-preservation. But Juliet, who wants to please this beautiful boy that she's just married, she wants him to be happy with her. Mm-hmm. So she wants. She's looking to do it right, and nobody has told her. Nobody right? has told her that there is no right. There's no right. You know, there's mm-hmm. instinct is great. So to be asking for instinct is great. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so she said she had said, you know, asking the matron to come and and learn me how to lose a winning match played for a pair of stainless maidenhoods. Yeah. So the stakes, the ante on the table is maidenhoods. What's that? Virginia. Yeah. So she's kind of assuming virginity on both sides because she says a pair of stainless maidenhoods. She's assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Romeo yeah. is a. As a virgin, too. Oh, he might not be, though. He might not be. All right. Papa probably gave him a hoe on his 13th birthday. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> probably. Probably. It's like, here, teach him what to do. I won't have my boy doing it wrong. Hood my unmanned blood baiting in my cheeks. Wait a second. So hold on a second. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Juliet. Poor Juliet. Hood my unmanned blood baiting. My unmanned. I have not... She knows she's going to bleed. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Unmanned. I have not been manned yet, like a ship. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Nobody's come aboard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he actually uses that in other plays. He does. Yeah. Come aboard, boys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Baiting in my cheeks. Yeah, so it's waiting to flush. I'm waiting to blush. Right. With thy black mantle, till strange love grown bold, think true love acted simple modesty. So she's blushing, she's hot, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't want to appear slutty. You know, she had that conundrum back in in the balcony scene too, right? Right, right, right. She's excited, but she knows that's not right. She's not supposed to be slutty, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to be simple modesty. (laughs) Sweet girl. Sweet girl. Come, knight. Come, Romeo. Come, thou day in night. That's a lot of coming. That's a lot of coming. (laughs) For thou wilt lie upon the wings of night, whiter than new snow on a raven's back. So I love this. Come, 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 and then wilt. (laughs) (laughs) See, those are in there for the groundlings because, you know, Julia doesn't know what she's saying, but the groundlings are going, (laughs) he's coming and then he's wilting. (laughs) Right? And then the antitheses start here. Right. Right? We've got snow. That's white on a raven's back. Black. Thou wilt lie upon the wings of night. Romeo to lie on the wings of night like a beautiful white snow on a bird's back. Yeah. Cool. She's so fucking poetic. It's just gorgeous. And she's going to come some more. Yeah. Come, gentle knight. Come, loving, black-browed knight. Good. So now we're going to play with the word knight, right? N-I-G-H-T and K-N-I-G-H-T. And if you don't believe me, skip to the end of the scene, <laughs> where you'll see her call him my knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. Uh, give me my Romeo, and when he shall die... Oh, what's die? Orgasm. Yeah. Little death. 
Yes, Little Death. They called it the Little Death. So somehow she knows some stuff. Yes. Or maybe she's I think saying she's, this by accident. No, no, I think she's heard the nurse say stuff like this. Yeah, like, die. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So she doesn't know what, what that actually looks like, but she has right. heard the nurse say, you know, after you make the beast with two backs, you have a little death, you know. Yeah, and it's wet and squishy. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> Uh, take him and cut him out in little stars and he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with night and pay no worship to the garish sun oh i have bought the mansion of a love but not possessed it and though i am sold not yet enjoyed. Yeah. So tedious is, oh, well, okay. So she's paid for the goods, right? Yeah. She's married and she yeah. has been bought. Right. Right. And paid for it. But, but I haven't, haven't taken possession yet. Yeah, so oh. I haven't occupied the house. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets a little frustrated, right? Ugh. So tedious is this day, as is the night before some festival to an impatient child that hath new robes and may not wear them. Like, I want to wear my, my nice dress to the party. Yeah. That feeling. Oh, here comes my nurse, and she brings news, and every tongue that speaks but Romeo's name speaks heavenly eloquence. Yeah, so just tell me about Romeo, and all will be good. Yeah. Right? Now, nurse, what news? What hast thou there? The cords that Romeo bid thee fetch? The cords being? The ladder. The rope ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Aye, yeah. aye, the cords. I mean, what news? Why dost thou wring thy hands? Oh, holiday, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. Who? So the very first thing he said, she says is he's dead. Poor Juliet. Just asked her to tell her about Romeo, and the nurse says he's dead. He's dead, right. <gasps> That's so mean. We are undone, lady, we are undone. Alack, the day he's gone, he's killed, he's dead. Can heaven be so envious? Romeo can, though heaven cannot. Oh, Romeo, Romeo. Who would have ever thought it, Romeo? What devil art thou that dost torment me thus? This torture should be roared in dismal hell. Hath Romeo slain himself? Say thou, but I... And that bare vowel I shall poison more than the death-darting eye of cockatrice. Oh, what's a cockatrice? I don't remember. Oh, it's a, uh, a cockatrice is actually a, a rooster, mm -hmm. but so it's alluding to those cockfights that they had. <gasps> down oh, yeah. really interesting. So you know, he spies you, and then he jumps in and pecks you to fucking death. Right? So the Globe Theater yeah. sat in a raunchy part oh, of town. I know about this. Bear baitings. And... Yeah. yeah. And so right down the street, there were whores walking the streets. There were bear baiting pits where they would sick all these dogs on bears. And the, the dogs would eventually rip the bears to shred, not before many of them died. And these were all betting things, right? And so there were cockfights also, rooster fights, where, mm -hmm. you know, the guys would bring their trained roosters in. Um, my guy's going to beat your guy, and they're all taking bets. It was a bloody, bloody place, yeah. right? So that death-darting eye of cockatrice and poison. She brings in the word poison. Oh, yeah, 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 because so much foreshadowing. Yeah. I am not I if there be such an eye. Or those eyes shut. Now, see, here he goes. I as in me, and I as in the thing in your head, eyes, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And I as in yes, A-Y-E. Exactly, yes. Right? right? I am not I, if there be such an I, or those eyes shut that make the answer I. 
If he be slain, say I. Mm. Yeah. If he be slain, say I. Or if not, no. Reap sounds determined of my weal or woe. Yes, please fucking keep it short and yeah. get to the point, right? But I love this. If he be slain, say I. In the text, it's a it's a capital letter I. Mm-hmm. So if he's dead, so am I. I am too. Yep. Yeah. If he be slain, say I. Or if not, no. Just yeah. say yes or no. That's all I want out yep. of your mouth. Yep. And the nurse. I saw the wound. I saw it with mine eyes. God save the mark here on his manly breast. A piteous corse, a bloody piteous corse. Pale, pale as ashes, all bedaubed in blood, all in gore blood. I swounded at the sight. Did she say who it was? No. Poor Juliet still thinks it's Romeo, but this is actually useful in a way because... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Juliet is sort of given the opportunity to imagine what it would be like if Romeo was actually dead. Right. So in a way, once she finds out it's Tybalt, is that worse or better? That's much better. (laughs) That's better, right? Right. Even though at first she doesn't think so. Right. Well, I mean, okay, so look, there's a lot, there's a lot in that, right? If she had to choose, like, put him on a plate, Romeo dies or Tybalt dies, she would always choose Tybalt to die because Tybalt and she don't really have, uh, they're not close in any way, but he's, you know, he's a member of her family. To have Romeo be the cause of Tybalt's death. That's different. That's that's a hell of a thing because that further pits the families against one another. Yeah. So, so yes, being able to envision Romeo dead and to sit with that for a little bit and then to have the relief that it's Tybalt, not Romeo, and then to have the horror that it's Romeo who killed Tybalt. Yeah. Right? That's a big sequence of discovery. And that's, and that's fugue. <gasps> layers. Yeah, layers, layers, yeah. Yeah. Oh, break my heart. Poor bankrupt, break at once. To prison eyes, ne'er look on liberty. File earth, to earth resign, end motion here. And thou and Romeo press one heavy beer. What is she? She's saying she's, she's gonna die. She's gonna die. She's gonna die. She's gonna be closed up in the earth. And finally... Oh, Tybalt. Tybalt, the best friend I had. Now, that's just a weird line. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> she gets to say she said she says Tybalt, but why is he her best friend? That just makes no sense. Well, no I sense think it's I think it's you know I think it's the nurse. I think I think the nurse takes things and makes them bigger than they are, so that she feels important, yeah. and that so <laughs> you know people like this, right? Something bad happens, and it doesn't happen directly to them, but they take it on and they begin to cry and w- moan about it, so that they get attention. I mean, it happens all the time in middle school and high school. Yeah, all the time. Oh, all the time. Yeah. So it's but the same thing. You know, adults like that too. Like, of course, I know so plenty my, of them. My used to be mother-in-law. She claims well she says she met michael jackson once Mm -hmm. okay that's conceivable it's possible but she's like i gave him his first glove (laughs) like okay no you didn't i know that's not true (laughs) yeah but so also this line gives us a lesson in reading the text 
too closely sometimes and taking things out of context and blowing them up to mean something important. Like, there's, first of all, there's no subtext in Shakespeare. Okay? This is not a modern play where the guy goes, oh, yes. And what he really means is, I had sex the other day with two fried eggs on top of my belly and it was awesome. Like, I don't know. There is no underlying anything in Shakespeare. What the character speaks, they mean. So maybe the nurse meant she thinks Tybalt's her best friend. Fine. That's great. But some people take this to mean that the nurse and Tybalt are banging. They're not. They're not. There's no way. If Tybalt, think back to Tybalt talking about villains and villagers and looking down his nose at his societal equal. Can you imagine him dipping his stick on the regular into the nurse? Hell no. No. Hell no. Not happening. Not happening. So, oh, Tybalt, Tybalt, the best friend I had. Oh, courteous Tybalt, honest gentleman. Hey, I should ever live to see thee dead. Oh, what storm is this that blows so contrary? Is Romeo slaughtered and is Tybalt dead? My dear loved cousin, my dearer lord, and dreadful trumpets sound the general doom. For who is living if those two are gone? Tybalt is gone, and Romeo banished. Romeo that killed him, he is banished. Oh, God! Did Romeo's hand shed Tybalt's blood? It did, it did. Alas, the day it did. So she finally gets to the point and tells her what's what. So now we get to see Juliet unpacking that. What does that mean for her? Oh, serpent heart... Hid with a flowering face. Yeah. Beautiful antithesis to start, right? Yeah. She starts with the heart. Yeah. And he has the heart of a serpent. Right, because he killed her cousin. And it was hid with his flowering face. Beautiful F words yeah. there. But also... Th- Fuckity fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. But, but also think, but she must be thinking right now, right? He wooed me so he could get at my cousin and further the feud? Yeah, is that right? Is that what? <gasps> that's deep and horrible. That's right. That's so serpent, right? Yeah, he was coiled. He was sitting there waiting to strike. Right. He's nothing. So this is her fun, finally understanding. Fuck, I don't know this guy at all. Right. Not at all. Right. Right. And so she's trying to reason it out now. Did ever dragon keep so fair a cave? Beautiful tyrant. Fiend angelical. Antithesis there. Yeah, and also that incredible sacred imagery, right? And we have the fiend, the devil, and angelical. Right. An angelical devil. Who's that? Lucifer. Oh, yes, right, because he fell from heaven. He was a heaven. He was an angel that fell. He He was was a heaven. heaven. (laughs) (laughs) He was an angel who fell from heaven. Right. Right. Oh, Interesting. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah, fabulous. Fucking unpack it, right? Guys, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Dove-feathered raven, wolvish ravening lamb. Beautiful use of raven, right? Right, raven and ravening. Ravening, ravening chewing, right? Yeah. Despised substance of divinest show. Awesome. D's Ooh. and S's, right? She's starting to spit. She's starting to be the serpent herself, you know, in a way. Yeah. Right? Just Opposite to what thou justly seemst. Good. And if you didn't get the cheese exploring it, the word opposite, it's like, hi, guys. Yeah. Beating them over the head with it. Right. right. And seemst. Seemst. Spitting on the ground. 
in this one too. A damned saint, an honorable villain. Good for the actress who is playing this. What a wild ride, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your body, you got to feel it, right? Hell, really down there, and then heaven, right? Like you got to take that whole ride with all of these things, right? Fiend. Angelical. You got to go to all of it. Yeah, all yeah. All those depths. Yeah. You know, I used to um, teach an Elizabethan dance class for high school students. And there was a fantastic dance that I did called the Pavan. And um, we would talk about when you reach down to the ground, you're acknowledging hell because for the Elizabethans, hell is a location. It is underneath your feet. Right. It's not a concept. It's not a concept for the Elizabethans. And so... To understand, you don't have to agree, it's fine, but to understand them and their texts, you do have to conceive of that as a truth. Mm-hmm. So it was a location, and there were demons down there, and any fucking second, if there was a crack in the earth, they would reach up and they could grab you. And so, take this in for a second, guys. They thought women were more susceptible to demons because women have more orifices down below than men do. Right. So they two thought, holes to fly into as opposed yeah. to one. <laughs> so many holes to fly into. Two so holes, two holes. Demons two could holes. just suck up into that hole and inhabit you. And men only had one, their tight little anus, and they could close it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is a real thing. This is why they thought that women were not to be trusted because there's more likelihood that the demons would possess them. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So she's really taken that ride from heaven to hell, heaven to hell, back again. Oh, nature, what hast thou to do in hell when thou didst bower the spirit of a fiend in moral paradise of such sweet flesh? Was ever book containing such vile matter so fairly bound or that deceit should dwell in such a gorgeous palace? There's no trust, no faith, no honesty in men. So she <laughs> thinks she's agreeing with Juliet, okay? Right. I agree. Men suck. Right. You can't right? trust them as far as you, <laughs> you can throw them. You can't trust them. All perjured, all forsworn, all not all dissemblers. Dissemblers is liars, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. And perjured is, a... is also. Yeah. So liars. she's thinking of and forsworn. And forsworn. You, you swear things and then you go back on them. Right. So she's like every word she can think of. To say that he's a liar. Yep. Ah, uh, where's my man? Give me some aqua vitae. These griefs, these woes, these sorrows make me old. I need a drink. Yep. Pass it over. Yeah. And then shared line here. Shame come to Romeo. Blistered be thy tongue. Or such a wish, right? So she cuts her off because the nurse could keep going. I need a drink. He's horrible. Let's talk about it. Let's sit. Right? Yep. Yep. And yep. Juliet's got. Juliet comes to her senses when she hears the word shame. Yeah. She's like, oh no. No, not no, that. Not that. He's not a villain. <sighs> so I'll do it, and you keep going. Yep, yep. Shame come to Romeo. Blistered be thy tongue for such a wish. He was not born to shame. Upon his brow shame is ashamed to sit, for tis a throne where honor may be crowned, sole monarch of the universal earth. Oh, what a beast was I to chide at him. Will you speak well of him that killed your cousin? Shall I speak ill of him that is my husband? So she just made a choice. Yes, cousin, she did. husband. Yep. Right? Oh, poor my lord, what tongue shall smooth thy name when I, thy three hours wife, have mangled it? But wherefore, villain, didst thou kill my cousin? 
That villain cousin would have killed my husband. Back, foolish tears, back to your native spring. Your tributary drops belong to woe, which you mistaking offer up to joy. My husband lives, that Tybalt would have slain, and Tybalt's dead, that would have slain my husband. All this is comfort. Wherefore weep I then? Okay, so she's figured out, okay, which one means more to her. Right. But now... There's a piece that she forgot. Some word there was worser than Tybalt's death that murdered me. I would forget it fain, but oh, it presses to my memory like damned guilty deeds to sinners' minds. Tybalt is dead, and Romeo banished. That banished, that one word banished, hath slain ten thousand Tybalt's. Tybalt's death was woe enough if it had ended there, or if sour woe delights in fellowship and needly will be ranked with other griefs, why followed not when she said, Tybalt's dead, thy father or thy mother, nay, or both, which modern lamentations might have moved or moved? Might have moved, yeah. Might have moved. Yeah, that's interesting. So she's like, anybody else. My right. father, my mother. I yeah. could have given up easily, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Interesting. So family, second. Yeah. Lover, husband, first. first. But with a rear word following Tybalt's death, Romeo is banished. To speak that word is father, mother, Tybalt, Romeo, Juliet. All slain, all dead. Romeo is banished. There is no end, no limit, measure, bound in that word's death. No words can that woe sound. Where's my father and my mother, nurse? Yeah. So, wow, she's hit the bottom, right? Yep. That Romeo going away, it's, we might as well all be dead. Yep. The end. Doesn't matter. Yep. The end. My life is over. So here's another one of those speeches that the final words... And if you didn't hear this in the last, you know, a couple episodes ago where we talked about sometimes in a speech, when you read down just the last words of each line, you will get a blueprint for what that speech is all about. Right. This one has an incredible blueprint. So Outline. Yeah. Yeah. So to have the last words, let's see. And there are some of them are question marks, right? So we have, should I do it? Yeah, you do it. Um, husband, name. It, cousin, husband, spring, woe, joy, slain, husband, then, death, fane, memory, minds, banished, banished, death, there, fellowship, griefs, dead, both, moved, death, word, Juliet, banished, Bound. Sound. Nurse? Someone help me, nurse. Oh, help help me. help me. What stood out to you? Death, 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 banish it. Banish it, banish it, right? Whoa. Joy, yeah, right? right? She turns a corner in the middle of that speech, right? Yep. And the word husband, which is a brand new word for her. Yep. Right? 
So then the nurse says, oh, it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to skip to the end here. But she says, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to go find Romeo and we'll figure this out. Calm down. And Juliet's like, all right, tell him to come, right? Yeah. Tell him to come. Oh, find him. Give this ring to my true knight and bid him come to take his last farewell. Good. What's the last word of the scene? Farewell. Oh. No wonder that's added at the end there of that couplet, mm-hmm. right? Mm, let's see when we get to the end of the next And scene. this is what Diana was talking about, true knight, as opposed to N-I-G-H-T. Yeah, he's K-N-I-G-H-T, her true knight. And he's true. True. He's no longer a murderer. She's not thinking about that. And she's not going to give him shit about it either. Because they have very little time left together. Right. So here Ooh. we are in Friar Lawrence's cell. Yeah, and Friar Lawrence, he knew where Juliet was going to go. I mean, where Romeo was going to go, right? Yep. He knew where the rest of this town is all screaming around, running, looking for him. He's like, there's only one place he's going to go. Right. It's a place where he feels safe. Right. It's my place. Right. right? He's back at my place. Romeo, come forth. Come forth, thou fearful man. Affliction is enamored of thy parts, and thou art wedded to calamity. Oof. That choice of word, mm-hmm. it's like a weapon in his hand, right? Yeah, yeah. And Romeo's like, please tell me, tell me what, what's, what's the deal? And the friar says, a gentler judgment vanished from his lips, not body's death, but body's banishment. So he's telling Romeo that the prince said we're not going to kill him, but he has to leave he's now. Because go. he knows, and if we hadn't mentioned this, that Romeo is the only son and heir to the Montague family. That's it. Yeah. There's no other Montagues coming, so he can't do that to Lord Montague, kill off his only, only heir. Yep. Ha! Banishment! Be merciful! Say death! For exile hath more terror in his look, much more than death! Do not say banishment! Hence from Verona art thou banished. So notice the friar shortens the word, right? Be patient, for the world is broad and wide. Like, dude, there's a lot of world out there. You haven't seen it yet. Calm down. It's better than being dead. Yeah. There is no world without Verona walls, but purgatory, torture, hell itself. Hence, banished is banished from the world. Good, and that's actually a hyphenated word. Hence Hence banished. So banished from here. Right. Yeah, so it's not like therefore. Right, therefore. It's not banished. therefore. Right, right. It Hence banished banish from it. here. Okay, so I said that wrong. But... That's okay, but you know, how would people know? You got to pay attention to those punctuation bits yeah. that you think, oh, that must be wrong, but it's not wrong. Right. Hence, banished is banished from the world. Yeah. So if you send me out of here, I there is no world for me. I'm. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. And world's exile is death. Then banished is death mistermed, calling death banishment. Thou cutst my head off with a golden axe and smilest upon the stroke that murders me. Like, you're, you're killing me, you're man. You're killing me, man. <laughs> and you're sitting there laughing. Right, you're like, you're happy. Fine. Right, it's good. It's all fine. You should be happy about this. Oh, deadly sin. Oh, rude unthankfulness. Thy fault our law calls death. But the kind prince, taking thy part, hath rushed aside the law and turned that black word death to banishment. 
this is dear mercy, and thou ceased it not. So the friar is trying to lighten that word, but he keeps putting it as a line ending. <laughs> so it's almost like he's punching Romeo in the gut with this word. Yeah. Right? Right. So he's like, death is awful. Banishment is fine. It's all going to be good. Yeah, right. Tis torture and not mercy. Heaven is here where Juliet lives, and every cat and dog and little mouse, every unworthy thing, live here in heaven and may look on her. But Romeo may not. More validity, more honorable state, more courtship lives in carrion flies than Romeo. Yeah, so he's like, all these other little insignificant things can hang out here and with look the at angels, mm-hmm. right? With Juliet, but not me. So in his mind, banishment is like, I'm going to hell anyway. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so then he's, you know, and he goes on about flies and dogs and what, but then. And sayest thou yet that exile is not death? Hadst thou no poison mixed, no sharp ground knife, no sudden mean of death, though ne'er so mean, but banished to kill me, banished. O oh, friar, the damned use that word in hell. Damned? Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, friar, right. the damned use that word in hell. Good. Howling's so there's a, attended. Sorry, yeah. There's a lot of foreshadowing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because, well, don't you have any poison that's mixed up that spoiler, I could have? Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Yeah? Yeah, because so the way that they... Once you get to the end of the play, guys, you'll the way understand. that they die is poison and knives. And here they are. And right here, here. Romeo thou just... no poison mixed, no sharp ground knife, no sudden mean of death, no way to kill yourself, though ne'er so mean, but banish it to kill me. Banish it. Yeah, so it's like a knife to his gut, yep. this word. Right? Yeah. And then, yeah, damned, after the damned... Right. Oh, friar, the damned use that word in hell. Howlings attend it. How hast thou the heart, being a divine, a ghostly confessor, a sin absolver, and my friend professed to mangle me with that word banished? Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, so when you have a list like that, guys, so he has this list, a divine, a ghostly confessor, a sin absolver, and my friend professed, you need to climb it like a ladder so that the last thing that you get to is the most important thing. So what's the most important thing my in terms friend. of Romeo and his relationship to the friar? His friend. How could you do that to me? You're my friend. Right. And also, so you know what they're talking about, like the damned use that word in hell, right? So you have to imagine like all those Hieronymus Bosch paintings you've seen of like the circles of hell where like people are being tortured and they're howling, right? That's what he's talking about it. But howlings attended, how hast thou the heart? Yeah, he's breathless at this point. He's so upset. He's just heaving with sobs, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And howling. Um, So I don't know if you guys have read the inferno dante's inferno yet or talked about it but he talks about different levels of hell and i think it's the the first is for unbaptized babies poor little guys and then the second one is for lovers who were not married so and their their punishment is to be whirled in a whirlwind where they are separate and they pass each other now and again in the middle of this vortex oh so it's awful but they can't grab each other so that is also the howling, the thing that he's thinking of, like, whoosh, past Juliet, 
and there she goes, you know? Yep. So he'll never see her. Well, he'll never touch her. He'll never touch her ever again. Right. And Friar Lawrence is like, oh my God, he's losing patience with him. Thou fond madman, hear me but speak a word. Oh, thou wilt speak again of banishment. I'll give thee armor to keep off that word. Adversity's sweet milk, philosophy, to comfort thee, though thou art banished. Oh my God. So he says, philosophy, I'm going to give you philosophy. Fuck that. I'm going right? to talk to you and it will soothe you. your soul. And then, but then he ends with the word banish it. What the fuck? He doesn't get it. He's not understanding. It. Yet banish it? Hang up philosophy. Fuck, fuck philosophy. Right. Who fucking cares? Right? And they go on like this a little bit. Yeah, back and, and forth and back and forth. Romeo says, look, here's the deal. You don't know. Thou canst not speak of that thou dost not feel. Wert thou as young as I, Juliet, thy love? An hour but married, Tybalt murdered, doting like me and like me banished. Then mightst thou speak, then mightst thou tear thy hair and fall upon the ground as I do now, taking the measure of an unmade grave. There's <laughs> a big drama at the end there, right? <laughs> right? I mean, I don't mean to be an asshole, but I think he, he probably... Flings himself, flings on, himself the on the ground. Oh, it's an embedded stage direction and fall upon the ground as I do now. So you have to do it. Right. He says he does it, so you have to do it. And then taking the measure of non my grave, so it's not like he crumples to a little pile. He spreads yes, himself right. out <laughs> like I'm in a grave. Right. And here I am. You want to see what you're doing to me? You're killing me! <laughs> <laughs> right? And you can't understand old. Old, dried-up man. Yeah, you, you don't have a lover. You didn't just kill Tybalt. You don't love like me, and then you weren't told you were banished. So you, why am I listening to you? Right. You can't fucking understand me. Fuck right, off. Right, right, right. And then he falls on the ground, and then somebody starts knocking. <gasps> oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Someone's knocking. Oh, shit. Someone found us. Oh, shit. And there's a bunch of back and forth, like, back get forth, up. Forth. you Get up. <laughs> get up, you fucking asshole. Get up. Get up. They're going to find you. Y'all, fine. Let them find you. Fuck off. You know? <laughs> And he goes to the door and he's like, yeah, <laughs> Oh, holy friar. Oh, tell me, holy friar, where is my lady's lord? Where's Romeo? Yes. It's the nurse. It's the nurse. You don't even need enter nurse to know as soon as she says, where is my lady's lord, right? Yeah. You could hear her from the top balcony, not even see her and know who it was. Right. <laughs> right. There on the ground with his own tears made drunk. So he's still on the ground. He's still there. He hasn't fucking moved, even though I told him he was in danger. Uh, Fuck! Uh, uh, oh, he is even in my mistress's case. Good, and that's a joke for the groundlings, because my case. mistress's case is her pussy, right? right. He's in there. <laughs> Just in her case. Oh, woeful sympathy. Piteous predicament. Even so lies she, blubbering and weeping, weeping and blubbering. Stand up, stand up, stand, and you be a man for Juliet's sake, for her sake, rise and stand. Why should you fall into so deep an O? Beautiful also. So deep an O is a big O is a pussy, right? Yeah. It's also, yeah. And rise and stand. Those are different things. Get up and get hard. Yeah, right. Because you are needed. Right. Over there to comfort my girl. Right. Right. <laughs> Just like, God damn it, these fucking teenagers. Yeah. 
And Romeo's like, oh, nurse, is that you? Oh, sir, oh, sir. Well, death's the end of all. She's kind of stabbing him, too, right? Yeah. And he's like, speakest thou of Juliet? Wait a minute. And are we going to do this again where the nurse just, like, starts talking about dead people and doesn't identify who they are? Speakest thou of Juliet? How is it with her? Right? Oh, that's Romeo. You were reading Romeo. And then you're reading the nurse. Well, that's okay. Well, I'm so, okay, so this is a conversation <laughs> between me and me. Me and me. I'll try and make it. Clear who's speaking. Yeah, do it, Aaron. Spakest thou of Juliet? How is it with her? Doth she not think me an old murderer? Now I have stained the childhood of our joy with blood removed but little from her own. Where is she? And how doth she? And what says my concealed lady to our cancelled love? Oh, she says nothing, sir, but weeps and weeps, and now falls on her bed, and then starts up, and Tybalt calls, and then on Romeo cries, and then down falls again. As if that name... Yeah, he really cuts her off, right? Yeah. That's a shared line. So the nurse is actually speaking in verse here. So yeah, So she's yeah. truly moved, right? It's yeah. Yeah. Well, eh, maybe I just feel like she's a drama queen who wants yeah, who wants to be more important. So, oh, she says nothing, sir, but but weeps and weeps and now falls on her bed and then starts up and Tybalt calls and then on Romeo cries and then down falls again as if that name shot from the deadly level of a gun did murder her as that name's cursed hand murdered her kinsman. Oh, tell me, friar, tell me, in what vile part of this anatomy doth my name lodge? Tell me that I may sack the hateful mansion. Hold thy desperate hand. Great. So the friar cuts him off because what is he saying? He's saying he, he wants to cut out his name, right? He wants to... Right. And isn't that interesting? That was what Juliet was exploring at the beginning of the balcony scene, right? right yeah. What's in a name? Right. Why does it matter that I'm a Montague, that I'm Romeo? Well, and that I'm Romeo. Now he's saying, now it's not only that Montague is a cursed thing in her mouth. Now the word Romeo, Romeo. is a cursed thing in the mouth of the woman that he loves. And that's terrible. Right. And so he pulls out a sword to, or a knife, dagger, to kill himself. And the friar, hold thy desperate hand. That's definitely an embedded stage direction. He's got to grab it. Right. Because suicide is right out. It's right out. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> right. We suicide. talked about that in an earlier. Um, yeah. It's you can't be buried in. You're right. Unforgivable sin. You cannot be buried sin. in a churchyard. You cannot be. You cannot have a, a, a funeral Proper with morning a. Yeah, masses, nothing. Uh, none nothing. of that. Because if you commit suicide, um, there's no judgment or nothing. But this for, is just in that time. In that time. For Elizabethans and for really serious Catholics, if you commit suicide. It is like telling God that you are taking his work, her work, um, because you you are going to be the one who decides when this life is over. That is the province left to God. Right. Right. Only we have capital punishment, and so not really. But okay, right. never mind. Yeah, that's a whoa. <laughs> so many other things going on there. Um, yeah, but so then, friar. Get ready for a major tongue lashing here. He's just going to let him have it. Now, he's been, he's been, not patient, but he's just been like cutting him off like, oh, come on. Oh, come on. The world's big. Oh, come on. You know, now he's really going to lay it out. All right. Hold thy desperate hand. Art thou a man? Thy form cries out thou art. Thy tears are womanish. Thy wild acts denote the unreasonable fury of a beast. Unseemly woman in a seeming man. 
So this is interesting. The word seeming is always an interesting word to pick out, guys, because it's like, what are you presenting to the world? What face do you have as opposed to what is inside of you? Mm -hmm. So you're seeming how you seem to other people. And an unseemly woman is a hua. Yeah, it's a woman who is not womanly. She is not behaving like a good girl mm -hmm. in a seeming man or ill-beseeming beast in seeming both, right? So he's like, he's also in a way exploring, who are you? And am I wrong about you? Right, you're acting like someone I don't know. I don't recognize you. You're some kind of monster, right? An ill-beseeming beast in seeming, you don't even seem like an animal, like a, an animal should seem or would seem. It's also like hiding something. Mm -hmm. Thou hast amazed me. So I'm standing here with my mouth open this whole time because I don't understand what's going on. Right. Right? By my holy order. Now he's going to swear by his brotherhood. Mm -hmm. By my holy order, I thought thy disposition better tempered. Hast thou slain Tybalt? Wilt thou slay thyself and slay thy lady too that lives in thee by doing damned hate upon thyself? Stupid, think of your wife. Wife, yeah. <laughs> wife. <laughs> Why railst thou on thy birth, the heaven and the earth, since birth and heaven and earth all three do meet in thee at once, which thou at once wouldst lose? Suicide, not okay. Not okay. Fie, fie, thou shamest thy shape, thy love, thy wit. What's oh, fie? Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yes. <laughs> fuck. The friar is finally descending to cursing. Right. Fie is a, such a great word. Fuck. It means yeah. fuck. Thou shamest thy shape, thy love, thy wit, which, like a usurer, abounced in all, and usest none in that true use indeed, which would bedeck thy shape, thy love, thy wit. So usurer. A yeah. usurer is someone who... who who It's like Shylock, right? Who oh, possesses whoa, 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 much. A lender. And abuses it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you possess many things, but use them improperly. Yes. Which was said to be of people who lent money, because right. money isn't supposed to go that way. Money is supposed to be a transaction. It's not supposed to be interest-bearing. That was not a thing then. Right. Um, interesting that he brings that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Thy noble shape is but a form of wax, digressing from the valor of a man, thy dear love sworn but hollow perjury, killing that love which thou hast vowed to cherish. If you kill yourself, all your vows to Juliet don't mean shit. Yeah, you promised to love her and keep her and cherish her and all that stuff. Where are your promises going to be if, if you're, dead. you're dead? Yeah. Thy wit, that ornament to shape and love, misshapen in the conduct of them both. So you're not even smart. I don't even get it. You were smart. What the fuck happened? I thought you were smart. <laughs> like powder in a skillless soldier's flask. Ooh, listen to all those S's, right? Right, and also like powder in a skillless soldier. So it's like set, set, set. But also think about that, right? If a soldier has no skill and he goes to put the gunpowder in his gun or in the cannon and he misses and he spills it and the wind blows it away... There is no blow some people up. And there's also no firing on your enemies if you do that. Yeah. You've lost the ability <laughs> to shoot. Well, he's going to enumerate it by saying you're going to fucking hurt some people. Yeah. Right? Like powder in a skillless soldier's flask is set afire by thine own ignorance, and thou dismembered with thine own defense. 
Oh, so 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 so, so the cool. skill. So he does put the the the, the gunpowder in the in the rifle, but, but then way. he doesn't know how to shoot it. Yeah. So he shoots himself by accident while he's trying to defend himself. And you know what? Aside soapbox, this is a really good thing to know, right? And I speak this as someone who's trained to shoot guns. You've shot guns too, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing: never ever pull a weapon that you are not proficient at using because if you pull a gun and you are not practiced in how to use it in close range you can be disarmed and the gun can be turned against you not only that you can have the whole health bottle oh god yeah that's awful but but so my point my point is don't handle firearms if you don't know how to handle them yeah and well, if you do know how to handle yeah, even if you do know how to handle them, right, there are only certain places where they should be handled. Yeah, firing range, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dismembered, but that's so interesting, though. It's like the obvious one is something, one of your members comes off, your arm, your leg, whatever. Your um, dick. Your dick. Member. They always talk your about member. Me- your member. Yep. Your ignorance has unmanned you, right? Mm-hmm. And... Ooh, and Romeo said that at the end of the killing scene, right? Oh, Juliet, you have um, if made me effeminate, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, I think the member also is the heart. Dismembered, you're cutting yourself off from what you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now he's going to tell him all the good things that he has to look forward to, yeah? Mm-hmm. What? Rouse thee, man. Thy Juliet is alive, right? Mm-hmm. Do it for her. For whose dear sake thou wast but lately dead, there art thou happy. Tybalt would kill thee, but thou slewest Tybalt, there art thou happy too. The law that threatened death becomes thy friend, and turns it to exile, there art thou happy. A pack of blessings lights upon thy back, happiness courts thee in her best array. But like a misbehaved and sullen wench, thou poutst upon thy fortune and thy love. <laughs> so he, he says all the reasons you should be happy, right? So Tybalt would have killed you, but you killed him, so you're happy. That's good. The prince said he was going to kill anyone who shed blood in the streets, and you did. But he said he's not going to kill you, he's just going to send you away. Right? That's good. You have a lot of good stuff going on, but here you're sitting and pouting. Like a baby girl. And he's bringing in lots of girls, right? Because he co- he compares happiness to a girl. Happiness courts thee in her best array. She got dressed up for you. Mm-hmm. And she's all cute and pretty, and she's trying to flirt with you. And here you sit, pouting, for God's sake. Right? Right. You're lucky, and you're pouting, and you're in love, and she's alive, and you're pouting. Right. This is no way. No. no way for a new bridegroom to behave. Right. Take heed, take heed, for such die miserable. Go. <laughs> if you keep that up, you're going to die alone and unhappy. Yep. Yeah. Go. Get thee to thy love, as was decreed, because you're legally married. Right? Ascend her chamber, hence, and comfort her. Quote, unquote. Comfort. Yeah. The friar's like, go, have sex. It'll fix it. I promise. You'll feel better. You'll feel better. (laughs) But, and now he's going to fucking make up a plan on the fly. We need to keep this in mind that the friar, okay, we talked about good intentions. Yes. Right. Road to hell paved with good intentions. Oh, that he means well. But in this case, he's got a young man that he loves holding a knife to his gut, about to kill himself, right? Mm -hmm. 
you'll see in a couple of scenes from now, same thing happens to him with Juliet. And he's like, for God's sake, please, really, why? You guys stop. Come on, man. You are just making it hard for me. So he is making up this plan on the fly, all right? But look thou stay not till the watch be set, for then thou canst not pass to Mantua. What? Out of the blue. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. Where thou shalt live, till we can find a time to blaze your marriage, reconcile your friends, beg pardon of the prince, and call thee back with twenty hundred thousand times more joy than thou wentst forth in lamentation. So he's saying, look, you, 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 you go outside the city gates, you hang out in Mantua, and we'll work. To make sure that we heal things with your family, we heal things with the prince, we heal things with Juliet's family, and then we come back with so much more happiness than when we left. Yeah, and you'll be able to come back. You just need to be patient. Right. Right? And then he sends the nurse. Go before a nurse, commend me to thy lady, and bid her hasten all the house to bed, which heavy sorrow makes them apt unto. So he's like... Tell Juliet to get everybody to go to bed because, and they probably want to because they all been They're crying all, all day, yeah. right? Romeo is coming. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and the groundlings are going. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't hear it the first time, the nurse is going to repeat it. Oh, Lord, I could have stayed here all the night to hear good counsel. Oh, what learning is, my Lord. I'll tell my lady you will come. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone's finally going to tell Juliet about how sex works. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So he's coming. He's coming. And then at the end there, Romeo has a couplet. Yeah, so there's other things going on. Like, so they, yeah, yeah. they talk like, about going to Mantua and... what Friar know, repeats his plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Romeo says, But that a joy past joy calls out on me, It were a grief so brief to part with thee. Farewell. Great. There's a little comma, which is great. It were a grief so brief to part with thee to give you such a short farewell, mm-hmm. right? Not not meaning a short grief. Not right. No, no. He's right. going to right. be sad only for a little while. Right. He wishes he had longer, longer. to say goodbye to this man who's been so, such a friend to him. Yep. And, it, and it's a rhyming couplet, right? Me, thee should have been the end of the scene, but he has one last word. Farewell. And notice Juliet had the same word at the end of her scene, farewell. Mm-hmm. These are big goodbyes. The mm-hmm. Juliet to the nurse, goodbye, even though she does have another scene with her, but it's not so good. And then Romeo to the friar, goodbye. These are very big sustaining relationships that they are now bidding farewell to. Yep. Lordy, lordy, oh, this was a long my. episode. Yes. Holy cremoli. So much there. And it's going to set up what happens at the end there. And actually, this is the last we're going to see of Romeo for a whole act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really interesting. Why would Shakespeare do that? Uh, union rules. They have, to, <laughs> <laughs> they have to have a break. They have to have a pee break. Which is That's real, you know. Yeah. One time I was backstage with a kid who was playing Hamlet, and I'm like doing his quick costume changes, and I'm like, go, go, dude, you have to be or not to be. And he's like, fuck, are you serious? I'm in for another speech. He's like, oh, my God. But, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to keep talking and talking like that so much. I don't know. I do it every day. I know. You do it every day. But so Romeo gets his break for this scene. Yeah, nice. Because right. Juliet is asleep for much of Act 5. So. Right, right. Yeah, so she gets a break, too, yep. in a way. 
Oh. Oh, my goodness. All right. We're over an hour. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, don't worry. Aaron's going to cut it. I'll cut some of it. A little bit. Yeah, but it, won't it was so much. good. It was. It was good. so exciting. Yeah. All okay. Right. Bye, guys. I'm Diana. I'm Aaron. And this, and this is Fuck Shakespeare. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. For additional fun shit from Fuck Shakespeare, you can head to our website at fckshakespeare.com. Or find us on Instagram at fckshakespeare. If you are enjoying this podcast, you could support us for as little as 99 cents per month. Just click the support button on the page on Spotify or Anchor. Tell your friends.